everyone and welcome to Two V's and a Pod with me, Izzy the Vegan. And me, Ben's Vegan Kitchen. In this podcast, we'll walk you through the landscape of veganism through the eyes of two pretty relatable day-to-day vegans. And over the series, we plan on discussing a wide range of topics that you may have pondered upon whilst being vegan, or even whilst deciding to take the step. We aim to bust the common myths associated with being vegan, as well as bring new ideas to the table. But we won't be doing this alone, oh no. Over the series, we'll be joined by a selection of amazing guests to offer their thoughts, wisdom and experiences. This week, we're going to be talking all about vegan recipe development. Whether it be changing up your bog standard curry or stir fry, or just sticking nutritional yeast in anything and everything, we've got you covered. Yeah, it's safe to say Izzy and I have experimented a fair bit with our meals since going vegan, so we're going to share those experiences with you today. We're also going to be chatting to Amy Harriet Gregory later in the show. She's a plant-based recipe developer for BuzzFeed and Proper Tasty. We're really looking forward to hearing her insight. So Ben, obviously we are not recipe developers. However, we do make some banging vegan food and we share photos of it on our page and we love to be creative with food. Um, So I just wanted to ask, have you always been creative with your food or did stepping into like a vegan lifestyle spark the kind of chef in you? (laughs) Yeah, um, well, funny story actually. Um, When I was a wee little nipper, a wee lad, um, I actually wanted to be a chef. and I taught myself literally how to cook from the age of like ridiculous like 10. The funny story around that is that I was I was a bit of a, a husky lad you know I was on the uh, on the I think nowadays they would have called me plus sized um, back then it was just <laughs> I was so confused when you said husky yeah. I was like what does that mean? Yeah uh, back then they just would have called me like you know fat shit and tubby <laughs> and whatever like all the lovely things that kids on the playground uh, would call a, oh, a, a young man with a extra extra chunk as they say nowadays so yeah I was I was I was a boy who who liked his food and because of that like I was just you know I always had like a keen passion um about cooking and I like I think at the age of like 12 I made like my mum like an anniversary meal one time like I would cook everything you know um and I would be obsessed with watching cooking shows on tv like obsessed it's literally all I would watch it was ridiculous um I've seen like every episode of you know, Man versus Food, which is probably not really a cooking show, but I used to watch like Jamie Oliver, <laughs> um, like Nigella, like literally. I had the I had Sky TV in my room. I was bougie as fuck, you know. Like I had Sky, <laughs> and I just used to watch the Food Channel all the time. That's so cute. I love yeah, it. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I I really had a burning passion for for cooking and for food, but uh, I think you know, as you said, did veganism spark my like interest in it? It didn't spark it, but it definitely reignited something that I felt that I had lost. I'd gotten very samey with my food before going vegan. Um, I would just put, you know, a can of tuna into some pasta. Like, I wouldn't really think about it. Um, You know, I would have some, you know, just some chicken with some rice and some vegetables. Like, very boring. Like, oh, trying to be healthy. Um, But being vegan meant that I couldn't just be that boring kind of chef. I had to really think about everything that I was eating and cooking and yeah it really it really brought me kind of full circle to this place now where like 100% if you asked me you know three four years ago what my passions were I would have never have said cooking but now 100% cooking and food is my number one passion in life and it's amazing to as I said to have gone full circle and gone back to where I was as a kid and I would love to have been a chef I think the hours are pretty ridiculously hard um but nowadays we're all chefs instagram has given us a platform to to be a chef um i'm just my own chef 
but yeah I'm not cooking for too many other people but what about you did you cook a lot before you were vegan or did this really spark something uh, different in you I think it's the same thing like when I was younger I did really enjoy cooking and I think baking was more my sort of jam like uh, I'd always bake I had my grandma's like classic um, cake recipe that I'd always follow and I'd always bake with my mum so baking was like a huge thing and I found that really fun I didn't really cook that much when I was younger however my dad would always try and get me involved in cooking because he really loves cooking so okay. we'd have like homemade pizza nights where we'd make our own dough and eat pizzas and and then he'd always like to show me um recipes and I'd cook along with him um but my dad's like me in the kitchen like you'll you'll be cooking um and he'll be kind of like watching over and then he just can't help himself but get involved and say oh well you might want to do that a bit differently and and so I think I've definitely got that from him but but yeah I mean I've I've always cooked with my dad and baked with my mum and but the same sort of story I kind of just got out of the flow with it all and got to a point where I just got a bit bored and was just shoving like a fish cake in the oven with some roasted veg or a stir fry or whatever like I'd eat the same things all the time I wasn't really experimenting with flavors or new ingredients because it just becomes a bit like mundane you're just eating the same things and it takes like a shake-up of your lifestyle diet whatever you want to call it to kind of spark a change in you I think and ever since I went vegan I, w- I guess you're kind of forced to experiment more with food because you need to learn about vegan food, how things work, how is the best way to cook tofu, how can you add flavour to this dish and how can you eat without all the kind of products that you're used to having, like dairy, meat, eggs, whatever. Yeah. So I think you are kind of forced into being creative when you're changing your diet so drastically. Yeah, and I think what people don't seem to think about as well is that Actually, you'd still probably eat a lot of the same foods. I think you just do those kind of very simple swaps. Like, you know, you mentioned stir fry. I'm sure you still eat stir fry every now and again. Uh, you yep. just won't put you just won't put chicken in it. You'll put, you know, tempeh or tofu or something like that. So actually, you know, I think for a lot of people, I don't want them to listen and be like, oh, actually, I can't do it because I'm so stuck in my ways. Because you can be vegan and eat pretty much like... I would love to do like a challenge where, you know, I have a, a, a person who's like a meat eater and we literally eat the same thing like every meal for the like the week. So if he's having, you know, like a chicken and mushroom pie, I'd make a vegan chicken and mushroom pie. And if he was having a bacon sandwich, I'd have a vegan bacon sandwich. And then at the end of the week, we like, you know, we compare and we see how we've gotten on. I think that could be really cool. I'd say let's do it with you, but, you know, I'm not going to force you to eat meat. <laughs> I would definitely not be doing no. that, but maybe Cal will get involved. Produce a cow. Produce a cow. I think that could be cool. I think uh, just to touch back on what you said before, like, you know, trying to find new ingredients, what has been your favourite new ingredient that you found um, that's now kind of replaced maybe like a chicken or a beef or a fish or whatever that, you know, maybe not necessarily has to be like a protein, you know, just something that you're now cooking with that you thought, I didn't even know what this was before. Like now I'm using it every single week. I think I'm going to go with like the stereotypical token vegan ingredient. I I had heard of it before actually, but I didn't really know what it was. The reason I'd heard of it is I went to um, stay with uh, Cal's family 
uh, they were living in Bermuda at the time. And his dad's girlfriend's daughter was having popcorn. She just got this popcorn machine, right? And then she starts putting nutritional yeast on her popcorn. And I am literally like, what the hell is that? It looks like fish food. And, like fish I, food. and she was like, honestly, my popcorn tastes so amazing with it. She's not vegan. She's like a big meat eater. The whole family is. I don't know. I was just like, okay, I'll give it a go. Tried the popcorn. I absolutely hated it. I was like, ooh, <laughs> nutritional yeast. What is it? Had And then kind of went back to my own life. Forgot about nutritional yeast. And then entered the vegan world. And honestly, so when I went vegan, I hadn't heard of it. It was only when I entered the vegan Instagram community that everyone's talking about this nutritional yeast. And I was like, I swear I've heard of that before. Um, And now it's always in my cupboard. I'm always adding it to pasta sauces or sprinkling it on top of my beans on toast or whatever. It's it's amazing. It's so damn good. And I can't believe my first experience with it was some small child putting it on her popcorn. But you know what? That I would have to say that is something that I've only just kind of discovered since being vegan, and I love it. Yeah, I, I honestly, I was thinking. I actually thought you were going to say jackfruit because you said Bermuda, and I was like, okay, something tropical, something. So I was going to interrupt <laughs> no, just you. Niche. Yeah, I was going to interrupt you and be like, I know what you're going to say, and I'm glad I didn't because I would have been made to look like a fool. But yeah, for me, honestly, it's actually the exact same. Um, I can't live without it, and I now have. From Ikea, we have like these um, like storage, you know, you have like cereal in them like that you pour. Yeah. I just fill it with nutritional yeast. I'll buy like three or four, just pour them in there. And I've constantly got it. And actually what's bloody amazing is I went to a small little Tesco's extra near my house. And bear in mind, as everyone knows, I live in the middle of nowhere. They had nutritional yeast at this tiny little Tesco's. Wow. Um, and I found it the other day and I was very excited about that. But yeah, that stuff is... Yes, uh, Tesco. It's a, it's a game changer, isn't it? It really is. It, it goes with everything. And, you know, forgetting the health benefits, like just quickly for people who don't know what nutritional yeast is, because there will be a few who are listening and like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Nutritional yeast is literally, it's yeast. It is yeast flakes and... I guess this at some point must have been, you know how they discovered Marmite through making beer and it was like the sticky um, yeast extract from the beer that they were like, oh, I'll give this a taste. Actually, that's all right. This is how it must have been found. I don't know how anyone was like, oh, I'm going to eat this fish food looking sawdust (laughs) kind of crap. But yeah, it, it is basically... It's cheesy, isn't it? It's a cheesy It's cheesy, nutty flavour, and it gives you your B12, which all us vegans need, so it's great. Everyone everyone needs B12, not just vegans. Everyone needs B12. Yeah, for sure, but vegans need it a little bit extra. I, I Honestly, I had a blood test about a year before I went vegan, and I had a B12 deficiency, and now, since I've been vegan, I don't. So put that in your doctorate pipe and smoke it. Fuck you, non-vegans. I have no more b12 deficiency but it is probably because i inject yeah i inject like nooch into my like eyeballs in the morning yeah that's probably why yeah Yeah, to be fair vegans probably don't need extra b12 because we're all so obsessed with nooch that we get it through that anyway yeah i I absolutely love that i I really feel sorry for anyone who um doesn't like it but have you ever have you ever read the packet about its serving suggestions no, I haven't. What are they? I put this up on my story once. I was like, surely no one has ever done this. It recommends, <laughs> right? And I'm going to actually do it one day just because I'm curious. It recommends putting a teaspoon into a glass of milk. What? Seriously. Do you have a packet in your kitchen now? 
In my kitchen, yeah. Yeah, go honestly, go get it. Seriously, go get it. And I'm telling you, serving suggestion. Izzy's off. She's yeah, cow. Cow, can you hear cow. me? Can you bring Producer it? Producer cow. Producer cow. Okay, he's actually in the kitchen. Producer cow has confirmed that it yeah. says on the packet, delicious dissolved in water or milk. Who dissolves their nooch in water and drinks it? That is some sort of weird thing. If you're listening and you do it, please tell us because I'd love to know if someone's actually out there doing that i think but... <laughs> we need to go on an instagram live once this episode has aired and just say we're gonna and try do it. it and we'll Let's call it, do it we'll call it the two v's in a pod challenge who knows we're gonna try it out though so ch- stay tuned we're gonna go live and do it yeah what i'm mil- kind of excited yeah i don't I'm, know why but it I, could be really nice it might be but i've never drunk like cheese milk so <laughs> i imagine it's gonna just taste like cheese milk but we'll try it. We'll, we'll 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 do it so you guys don't have to. How's about yeah. that? Yeah. I'm going to say so another ingredient that I'm going to talk about is banana blossom. Okay. A lot of people have banana blossom as fish. I made a really nice banana blossom recipe from the Wicked Kitchen book. And it was just a noodle recipe. It had chili, it had lime, it had a fresh salad on the side, and it was really good. The texture's a bit, I think it's one of those like jackfruit, what you mentioned earlier. I would say I probably actually prefer banana blossom to jackfruit, but that's, I have only had banana blossom once, but it was just so good. And I've had jackfruit a lot of times, and I've never thought, oh my god this is amazing because a lot of the time I find it's a bit clumpy and that kind of clumpy texture really puts me off yeah jackfruit is very hit and miss in this household um I made jackfruit tuna um the other day and actually that was interesting because I've never have I've never had it not cooked and this was the first time I had it not cooked and it was okay uh, I'm not rushing back to have it again but yeah it's always worth you know my my top tip for I guess trying these things is you know, give them, give it a shot. Nutritional yeast, you hated. I wasn't so keen on. I now eat it every single day. Jackfruit, hit and miss. Banana blossom, I've never really had it. But these are things that you've got to try and, you know, you've got to see if you like it because you might actually discover something you are absolutely obsessed with, like us and Nooch. I can talk about banana blossom because I've only tried to make it once and it was an absolute disaster because I tried to make like some beer batter, like fish and chip style thing. The classic, yeah, that's what everyone goes for with banana blossom, yeah. don't they? And um, it just ended up a uh, beer battered bin because uh, I threw it all away. <laughs> it was. In- oh no! You know what? I tried to cheap it because I didn't actually cook with loads of oil. Um, I just tried to throw it in like a shallow pan and it was like mush and yeah. Uh, Basically, don't get cocky and think you know how to make beer batter if you've never made beer batter before and just assume it's flour and beer because it is uh, It is not. Uh, it's got to be more than that because mine was atrocious. Eating vegan doesn't mean eating all these weird and wonderful, unusual things you've never heard of. When you're a vegan, you can just eat your basic ingredients and they, they you can get them from the supermarket. As I always say, you probably already have loads of ingredients in your house right now that are vegan. However, being vegan does also open your mind and eyes to so many amazing different ingredients that you would never have heard of. And I think that is what's super exciting about going vegan. So my top tip with that would just be as Ben kind of said, just try it all, stick with it, try it in lots of different recipes, mash it up, fry it, roast it, see what's best. But you've just got to just got to go for it and just have an open mind with it, I think. Yeah, for sure. And you can always go back to basics. For my lunch today, I had a jacket potato with some baked beans. 
you know, it doesn't have to be so exciting. Although, I'm not gonna lie, I added, and this was a bit a bit rogue, because there was half a can of baked beans in the fridge, so I added some chickpeas into the baked beans. And it was kind of extra protein. It was kind of all right. I would, uh, you know, I wouldn't serve it to like a, a guest coming over for like a meal. But I like a sweet potato jacket potato, but not a normal potato yeah. jacket potato. And then I'm fine. Our guest this week is an extremely talented recipe developer called Amy Harriet Gregory. She's currently working for Proper Tasty and BuzzFeed, creating amazing recipes for you all to enjoy. We're going to be chatting about Amy's journey with veganism, as well as her experiences with developing vegan recipes. Amy Harriet Gregory, also known as Amy Tasty, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm so excited. I'm so honoured to be here. What we like to do to kickstart all our interviews um, is ask our guests what their three-course death row meal would be. And you are no different, so we're very excited to hear. So take it away, Amy. Right, Sarah. For starters, I'd have a sushi roll, like a tempura sweet potato, avocado, peanut sauce, pickle ginger sushi rice wrapped in nori that's what i've been eating like for lunch recently you know like the tortilla hack you can do that with soup with nori oh my goodness wow mind is blown right now (laughs) (laughs) so that's my starter for my main i'd have aubergine satay curry with pineapple because i love fruit and stuff like i love fruit and savory everything um, with short grain brown rice and really fresh, like crunchy, spicy salad. I think I'm definitely a pineapple and pizza person as well. I'm me all for too. pineapple with savory. So yeah. me, me three, pineapple and pizza for the win. <laughs> if you don't want to listen to us anymore, because we're all pineapple pizza, <laughs> that's fine. And for dessert, are you having a dessert after all of that? Of course I am. So I'm having <laughs> my boyfriend makes. He made recently a chocolate marmite brownie. What? So it sounds love or hate, but stick with me. So it's a chocolate Marmite brownie because it's got, you know, do you like salted caramel? Yeah. It's like the same kind of thing. It's like sugary and sweet. And then you've got the salty umami depth. You guys wow. are like, what? <laughs> well, yeah, we're like, our well, jaws, I love our jaws. I'm like the biggest Marmite lover. I could like eat it out of a spoon, which I think I don't know many people that would do that. Um, but I would definitely do that. And I do like putting Marmite in like, pasta sauces or like tomato sauces and all that kind of stuff but in a savory uh, in a sweet thing sorry I've never I've never even thought of doing that we wouldn't have thought of it either but recently we we shot a video which is like unlikely pairs so in one bowl we had like loads of food words I don't know just loads of food words in one bowl and then loads of like dishes in another bowl and I picked a word out and he picked a word out and it was marmite and brownie so we made, we each made Marmite brownies and then ju- judged each other's and like there was insane. a winner. That's another video that's coming out. Um, and it just, it just worked yeah, and that's how you... it just works and you never would have thought it, but it really works. I'll send you the recipe and you have <laughs> yes, to try it. Yes, you have it. to. Well, I, I wanted to ask really quickly about your death row meal, seeing as, you know, your whole shtick is being able to make these amazing recipes, you know, you're on death row and this is your final meal. Are you making this yourself or are you getting someone else to make it? I'm going to make it. I just, I have trouble losing control in the kitchen. Like, I like to be in charge. But also it's like, it's therapizing for me. So like, if I'm about to die, like, I want to relax by cooking. 
You know what? I'm with you on that one. I always like say to Cal, okay, help me cook. And then I'll be cooking and then he'll be doing something and I'll watch him doing it. I'm like, that's not how I want it done. And I just get so stressed. I end up cooking everything myself anyway. And I'm like, look, you need to just leave the kitchen. I need to just chill out and cook. And same thing, like after a long day of work, I feel so much better when I'm cooking. Like it is so therapeutic. Talk to us, Amy, about your journey to veganism. Like how, why, how long, you know, the standard question people are going to want to know. So... My vegan journey started um, during the first pandemic. So I'm not a long time vegan. It's been about a year, um, March last year. So before that I had like vegan and vegetarian phases, but it never really stuck. Um, whereas now it's stuck and I really, I couldn't go back now. But basically I'm a, I'm a big believer in signs from the universe and I think corona was like the biggest sign that something needs to change in the world really like it corona wouldn't have existed had people not eaten animals like if we didn't trade in animals then we'd all be hugging our nans and people wouldn't be dying all over the world right now so that was the main thing for me but at the same time like a couple of weeks before we went into the first lockdown I met my now boyfriend at like the last party ever that <laughs> oh, happened. Good times. Um, we went into lockdown and then so we kind of, just, it was a bit of a whirlwind. Like we were like, oh, should we just do it together? Um, and he's vegan. He's an ecologist, um, but not preachy about it at all, which I find super helpful when you're trying to teach someone something. It's like the less you say the more sometimes you can say sometimes just by it's like monkey see monkey do I saw him doing all of these things and I it just forced me to look at my own life choices as well um so I started asking him questions about it and then after doing like my own research I finally took my head out of the sand and woke up and chose to look at the truth and I think it's like a lovely fantasy that cows are having a lovely time in the field being milked for cheddar but in reality we're like we're forcibly inseminating them and raping cows and killing their babies for Ben and Jerry's and there's just no justice in it it's just it's a gross abuse of power that humans have and I used to say I love animals but how can you love animals when you eat them and are a part of the machine that abuses them so yeah I'm vegan for the animals for the environment for my health there's more reasons to be vegan than there are to not be now you've been vegan for quite a short amount of time um have you so before you were vegan were you still doing recipe development um, and being creative with food and then you kind of moved to being a vegan recipe developer so I yeah like I, it, it's a strange one because when I first started at Tasty I wasn't vegan so I was doing my editorial my videos that I were doing weren't vegan and sometimes I still have to shoot non-vegan recipes for brands if it's my own videos, like an editorial piece that I'm just putting out there, that they're, they're, they're all plant-based, but sometimes I still have to make um, non-vegan recipes. Oh, really? Yeah. How is that? Like, that must be kind of... I mean, I've only cooked one thing, like, really non-vegan since I've been vegan in three and a half years because I made my dog a steak for his birthday because... I'm just that just that kind of guy I wanted him to have a nice birthday it was a lockdown birthday as well so he needed to be uh, loved that little bit more um, but yeah how is that now that you're vegan having to cook like non-vegan stuff it is tricky sometimes like having to make non-vegan recipe videos but I think just by me um, like I've done a format called make it vegan for tasty which is where I take traditional British dishes and veganize them 
Um, so like, like, uh, fish and chips, steak and ale pie, um, spotted dick and custard. Um, so, and I think that's just, it's just by putting those videos out there, it's moving in the right direction. Um, no one's perfect. Vegans aren't perfect. Um, but yeah, I'm doing, I'm trying to do my bit and just introduce it more. I think at Proper Tasty, there, there were vegan, vegan recipe videos weren't really a thing before I started. So I'm like really proud of myself that I've made that thing. And like, I am who everyone goes to for like the vegan recipe videos now. The comments though, you have to laugh at some of the comments in the videos. Oh, really? <laughs> what, what kind of comments do you get? Just, just the classic stuff like, um, why do you vegans want to make stuff taste and look like me? Oh, uh, yeah. constant, yeah. It's just, uh, <laughs> yeah. You, you can't avoid that wherever you go. Just, yeah, if, uh, I always just say that I don't have time to waste on people who can't use the, you know, the proper part of their brain to kind of understand these things <laughs> a little bit. But yeah, so in terms mm. of, in terms of recipe development as a whole, how did you get into that? Because obviously it's quite, like, I mean, recipe development is not a new concept, but to do it strictly for social media purposes, obviously, it is very new. And um, I would say Tasty and BuzzFeed are the, the real kind of instigators of that 30-second, 15-second camera over dish recipe um, that now has kind of become the norm across social media. So how does one get into something like that to start off with? So I've always been interested in food. My dad was a chef. Um, he was a chef in a vegetarian restaurant in Sheffield in like the 90s called Kumquat May. And so food's always been like a big part of our lives. And I I went to film school um, for university. So I spent four years, three years studying film. And then when I left, I started working in the art department, like building sets for film and TV. Um, but I would always find that I would end up hanging out with the caterers, like, what's for lunch? Can I help you? And they're just like, they're just like, no, go away. And I was like, but I love you. So I was banished from helping caterers. And I thought, right, I really need to just work where my passions lie, which is food. So I started assisting food stylists and working just on like strictly, um, food shoots. Um, and then I was at Taste of London, which is a food festival in London, or was when that happens, kind of stuff happened. And there was a the Tasty Tent, and I thought Tasty was only an American thing. So I went over and I was like, I'm a freelance food stylist. Um, and they were like, we hire freelance food stylists all the time. So I eventually, like, it was like a year later after a few emails, um, got in on a shoot with them. And I freelanced for them for a year and then a job became available as a full-time um, video producer. So, because I've been I've been freelancing with them for a long time anyway, and it's quite niche to have somebody that's a foodie, but with a film degree. So I kind of, I fit that box quite well. So yeah, I started working full-time at Tasty last January. So I've been there for just over a year now. Do you have any tips on your food photography or food videos at all? just practice like practice 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 even though I went to film school I didn't touch a camera like I was art department really but I kind of faked it till I maked it and just was like oh yeah I can do it and then I just and then I just learned just say you can do something and then just learn to do it 
Were you making recipe videos before you started your job or? I wasn't making recipe videos. I had a food blog with one of my old housemates called Drunched, which was about like drunk brunch. Nice. Um, <laughs> which was very non-vegan and very alcoholy. Two things that I'm not like, I, I'm sober and I don't eat mil- uh, meat or dairy now. So it seems like a long time ago, but um yeah, so I was just sort of writing about food and taking not very good photos, but I was more I was more the food stylist, so I could make the food look really good. Um, and then the camera stuff came later, just with practice. Um, so I think my main tips would be like, it's all about the lighting, like lighting is everything. And it doesn't matter what camera you've got. Like I get so many messages like, what camera have you got? And it like, it doesn't matter. You can use your iPhone if you've got like, it's all about like good lighting, good good styling. Like there's so many elements to it. But yeah, my main tip is just just practice. Because yeah, we can see. I mean, obviously this is a podcast, so people can't see. But we can see in the background. Um, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. We spoke about it briefly before um, off camera, so to speak. Um, talk to us about your kind of work from home, like tasty videoing setup, because it looks. I mean, for people that can't see. There's a load of stuff going on on the ceiling. There's lights, there's cameras. <laughs> it really is. I mean, this is your home, right? This isn't just a studio that you're in. No, this is, you can see like my clothes rail in the background. <laughs> this is just my house. Um, so since March, since um, we've been working from home, I have been shooting everything from here. So my basic setup is like, it's it's two uh, C-stands, which are just two metal poles with like a metal pole in the middle, which a, a camera is attached to. So it's like, it's like a top-down camera. So all of the videos that you see on Tasty are like shot top-down. And then there's a few uh, like B-cam, side-cam shots thrown in just when... That's basically when we make mistakes. So that's like... If you make a mistake on top-cam, you can just cut to B-cam and it's like it never happened. I can imagine um, that's something that never happens, of course. you People don't make mistakes with your wonderfully pristine videos. <laughs> It's so funny, actually. I've been I've been wanting to make like a bloopers reel of just like all of the stuff that's gone wrong because we make it look so perfect, but that's just smoke and mirrors. It's that's just clever editing. Like I, th- I think all of our listeners just had a massive sigh of relief. Like, oh, okay, they're making mistakes. <laughs> it's okay that my beans on toast have like a bean going a little bit this way. <laughs> all of that stuff. So obviously you're shooting food all the time. Um, like Ben and I were obviously because of our Instagrams were always taking pictures of food or being sent food. Um, I've ended up eating so much since having this page. It is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I'm not complaining uh, because I love food. Obviously you shoot a lot. Do you eat all your food that you shoot? Obviously some of the food isn't vegan, so I doubt you eat that, but. All of the vegan food we eat. So nothing goes to waste. Um... I, yeah, I always make like multiples of things. So if I'm shooting like sushi rolls or whatever, that's what we're eating all week. <laughs> but it is amazing. Like a few years ago, I was like, I want a job where I don't have to pay for food. And so I just manifested it just because I, I love food and I love eating. And in normal times, I would always be going out for meals and spending all of my money on food. So it's the perfect job, really. These videos are, are short and snappy, but a lot can often go into a very simple looking dish. But for you, if you had to live without like a couple of ingredients, like what, what couldn't you live without? So what are the main like staple ingredients you always have in the kitchen ready to go for any recipe? Peanut butter. I am obsessed with peanut butter. Like my ma- like d- favourite dinner 
It's just loads of vegetables just slathered with peanut butter. Ve- just vegetables and peanut butter? Yeah, just roasted vegetables. Seasoned, like, really well, some nice spices, and then just throw peanut butter at it. Or do it like a peanut butter fondue and just, like, dip each roast vegetable. You've, you've got us going it. again. Look at the both of them. You're just Do you Do you off. cook the vegetables in the peanut butter, or is the peanut butter just, like, cold on the side? It's just cold on the side. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I was imagining you, like, fully roasting them in, like, some peanut butter sauce. Sometimes, like, I'll, I'd cook the vegetable for a while and then at the end throw, like, throw the peanut butter on but i'm easy as long as there's peanut butter there <laughs> as long as it's involved then you're good I'm, i, I mean like I, i've seen people eat like celery and peanut butter and i just could not think of anything worse than doing that but just roasted vegetables <laughs> i mean are we talking about like like an organic peanut butter like at least it's kind of more salty than it is sweet i mean i can i'm trying to vibe with this like i love saute <laughs> but i know that peanut has so much else in it but just peanut butter with roasted vegetables. I'm not sure. We make we make our own peanut butter, so it's just peanuts. Uh, okay. That's probably a little bit better. Your Instagram, which we'll get onto a little bit, um, is very much dominated by one food. You obviously are a little bit obsessed with crumpets. Where did that come from? <laughs> and what's the deal with all the crumpets? Firstly, they look amazing because I've never seen such like thick and like fluffy, almost like... If you haven't seen it, you're obviously going to click onto your Instagram after this, but think of those like Japanese pancakes. Like they look wobbly, they look fluffy, but they're crumpets. I need to know all about these crumpets. They're like jiggly crumpets. They're just super fluffy, homemade. Just because up until recently, I'd never made a crumpet before, but I I would go through like I would go through so many crumpets and I was always I would always wonder like how are these actually made like how do you get all the holes and I've got trypophobia which is like the fear of lots of small holes altogether so the only thing that like doesn't freak me out is crumpets just because they are so inviting <laughs> but yeah no I became obsessed with crumpets for a, for a short time I made I made a couple of recipe videos on like how to make perfect crumpets um so that's kind of that thing like just what is better than a lightly toasted crumpet like slathered in butter and jam it's very british but i would say this is going to be my hot take of the day um injara i believe it's called it's like an ethiopian type of bread um it's very similar to crumpet um and if you can't get a crumpet try and find i mean an ethiopian restaurant is probably just as hard to find as a crumpet but there's, there's, yeah, I was thinking there's that. quite a lot in, in London, actually, and yeah. the food is amazing. And the bread is, um, I'm sorry if you're Ethiopian and listening, if I've offended you, but it's very similar. It's got that like fluffy, <laughs> crumpety kind of texture to it. So, yeah, there's my uh, there's my hot take of the day. If you can't find crumpets, have some Ethiopian food. So obviously we know that you um, love making crumpets. Is that your favourite recipe that you've developed or do you have a more unusual favourite recipe that you've developed and why? Hmm, that's a very good question. At Christmas, I did a meat-free Christmas tree. That was quite fun, which was just like a... It was a puff pastry alternative main for Christmas dinner. Um, so in terms of in terms of your videos that obviously go up on, on Tasty, like how, how do we know it's you? Like what is the key? Because you don't ever really see the people behind the recipes. So 
if our audience are watching, like, what is the few giveaways? Do you have a specific ring? Like, are you allowed to wear a ring? Is it like a nail varnish or a colour that we can spot? <laughs> I'm just trying to work out, like, how do people know it's you making these recipes? <laughs> the same nail varnish for, like, the rest of your life so we know that it's you. Often can you, can you put, like, a little, like, a little sign, like a, like a hello on one nail, just so when we see it, we can be like, okay, we know it's Amy. <laughs> I should just put like vegan tattoo yes. vegan on my knuckles. What about one where you have two V's and a pod? T W O V S A N D A P. A little shout out to uh, us. If you do it with the number two, maybe you can get it across. I'm not sure how the tasty producers will feel about that shameless plug for us. But, yeah, so how do we know it's you in the in the videos? And so I'm in. I'm recently I've been in a lot of my videos just in the beginning, saying like I'm Amy from Tasty, and today we're making this or this. Um, they're trying to put me in front of the camera more, um, so that's how you'll know. You'll see my face. It's a good giveaway. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a very good giveaway. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, just in the caption, I will be tagged as the producer. Amazing. And then you've also got your um, Amy Tasty page as well, where you share some of your recipes and bits and bobs like that under your own name rather than under BuzzFeed or the Tasty page. Yeah. So yeah, my page is Amy Tasty and all of my work that I do for Tasty, I just sort of like post a picture of it on my own Instagram and then the video goes on Tasty's page. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It was great hearing all about Amy's work and her passion for vegan recipes. Remember, it's important to keep those meals interesting. Whether you're moving into veganism for the first time or a seasoned veteran, changing up what you eat really does keep it fun. This show was produced and edited by Callum Goddard Mocklow for Apricot Audio. And we'll be back next week with another episode for you. But in the meantime, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, available on all podcast platforms such as Apple, Spotify and Acast. And if you want to keep up to date with all the latest happenings, then remember to follow us both on Instagram, at Izzy the Vegan and at Ben's Vegan Kitchen. We'll see you next week. See you later.